Grace and peace to you from our true King and everlasting Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The following inscription was found written on a calendar in the very early dates of B.C. turning into A.D. Keeping track of the dates as they were coming along was a mark for the birthday of Caesar Augustus. And that announcement was written on an inscription which reads, Since providence, and that means the gods, which has ordered all things and is deeply interested in our life, has set in most perfect order by giving us Augustus, from whom, filled with virtue, that he might benefit humankind, sending him as a savior, both for us and for our descendants, that he might end war and arrange all things, since he, Caesar, by his appearance, excelled even in our anticipations, surpassing all previous benefactors, and not even leaving to prosperity any hope of surpassing what he has done. And since the birthday of the God, Augustus, was the beginning of the good tidings for the world that came by reason of him. Caesar Augustus saw himself as the savior of the world. And if it wasn't for the message of the angels in Luke 2, people would left be left wondering, is Caesar really the answer? They would be left thinking that the good news, the gospel, the evangelicon, has something to do with the coming of a king in Caesar Augustus that is meant to bring peace to all humanity. In fact, the birthday announcement includes the word, Evangel, the gospel, the good tidings for the world that came through him, Augustus. There are, in fact, inscriptions on coins that read the divine Augustus because he was seen not just as a man, but as a man who had become a god. They saw the ruling of an emperor such as Caesar Augustus as written in the stars as the divine providence of the gods to shape the order for this world that we should finally have a king who will cast out all the chaos and trouble we see in our lives and bring in peace. It kind of reminds me of Star Wars, which, you know, I'm often reminded of Star Wars, and there's a scene at the end of the third episode of Star Wars where the Emperor stands before the Galactic Senate. And he's bringing an announcement to all the senators that have gathered there from all around the galaxy. There's been a plot, he says, to overthrow the Senate. But his life has been spared so that he can now rule all of you. And he declares that the Republic, 
which was once ruling the galaxy, should now become an empire. For a safe and secure society, and he says, we shall have peace. But if you've watched any of the Star Wars movies, you know that it doesn't lead to peace. In fact, at the same time as he's making that announcement, Darth Vader is carrying out his orders to execute anybody who would oppose the imperial rule of the chancellor. It's a retelling the story of Rome. And it's been retold in movies and books and stories many times. And if we're listening carefully, we see that the message of peace that would come from a ruler in this world will never last. And the only way that that peace is accomplished is not by willing love from the heart that would submit to this ruler, but by executing everyone who would oppose what Caesar says. Crucifixion was the dark side of the Roman Empire. It was the dark side which they put out in front of people to threaten and scare them if anyone should rebel against what the emperor is planning. This is the backdrop that gives shape to the real punchline of Luke chapter 2. This is the backdrop and the language that the people are hearing when all of a sudden it's turned inside out and upside down. A decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And so the people are hearing this decree coming from the divine Augustus that they need to be accounted for. Caesar is making his plans. It is part of a great vision he has, which he calls the Pax Romana. It means the peace of Rome. A great vision he has to order this world under him and usher in an eternal kingdom that will never fail. He wants to count all the people, not just so he can know who's under his rule, but also, if you remember the King James Version, and some of you might have memorized that, it's called a taxation, right? It was a taxation of Caesar so that he could also collect funds taxing the people to support his armies and his occupation of Judea, reminding the people every time they turned around and saw a Roman soldier or a Roman insignia who was really king. And it wasn't the Lord. That's what they wanted the people to believe. And so they took the census, ordering the people to come to Bethlehem, to come to their hometown, and Mary and Joseph had better line up. Because Caesar is bringing glad tidings of great joy, which will be to all the world. We've seen several profiles throughout the Advent season. We saw Zacharias and Elizabeth waiting for God to make good on his promises. We saw Mary believing and trusting how God is making good on his promises. And now we see Caesar Augustus, what would be a symbol of any time a government pretends to give you the answers. Any time that we look to human 
resources, programs, funding, in order to bring an end to the discord, the trouble, the suffering in this world. And it's at Christmas time when we hear a lot of this about peace. Advertisers are lining up. Marketing strategies are all around you for why we should think about peace at this time of year and buy a sweatshirt while we're at it. It's all around us, a message that will be sung on the Disney Channel or in parades, peace on earth. But if we don't understand how it really happens, if we don't understand what it really means, if we don't understand that the world will offer peace but only if you comply with their agreement, then we're going to be just as lost traveling through the darkness to Bethlehem and have no idea that right next door, God is bringing the real peace. A decree went out. There was always a royal messenger to send such a decree when a, a gospel would be sent out, which was an announcement that needed to be made by the king. These gospels were sent out in this birthday announcement on the calendar and in other ways. Sometimes they announced the end of war, that the king was victorious. Sometimes they announced the coming of the king to your city. Sometimes they announced the birth of a new king. That word was a special word where we get the word evangelical from. But here it's taken by heavenly messengers sent from God to shepherds of all people in this world, to shepherds, the lowly, mostly unnoticed, unwanted jobs, and they announce the evangelical news. The announcement that a king has come, that he's born. But he's not going to be found in Jerusalem. He's not going to be in the palace. He's not going to have a throne. He's going to be in strips of cloth. He's going to be laid in an animal's feed trough. His mother is going to be there, giving birth to him, wrapping him, laying him in that straw because they ran out of room in the guest house. It's an unlikely scenario for peace. It's an unlikely scenario because the only way that Rome knew how to accomplish peace was through force. They couldn't just give the people a happy message. It wasn't just advertising and brainwashing. They also needed army. They needed to occupy your city, and make sure that anybody who had threatened to rebel was made an example of. And who did they make an example of? Who did they put on the cross? Who ended up being the one that would be portrayed before all the world to prove that Caesar is Lord? The devil is always trying to prove something. He is constantly at us, trying to prove something. And he's trying to prove who's in charge. And he will threaten you, and he will devise ways to make your life difficult. 
And you know what? God will allow that to happen. God will allow it to happen because God knows it's the way for you to find the true peace. The peace will never be found by complying with what Satan is trying to do. It will never be found by hiding from it. It will only be found by facing it for what it is and returning back to Bethlehem to go to that manger and see, hidden away, where we can't see it all around us, but in the Word. There are angels praising God, and there's a baby that is your Savior. They preach the good news, the glad tidings, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ, the King, Jesus is Lord, not Caesar. We can expect that when the king comes, when he makes the royal announcement that he is visiting your city or town or village or home or heart, it's a declaration of war. When the angels announce that God is coming from heaven to earth, it's a declaration of war. That God is no longer going to put up with it. That God is going to let Caesar have the total delusion about what he thinks he's doing, becoming to be the savior of the world. But God is going to do his mission, his secret mission, to capture hearts, not to force you into submission, not to order a decree and a taxation so you have to pay him to prove your loyalty, but through grace and suffering and sacrifice, Jesus is going to win you back from the enemy so that you belong to God, not just outwardly because you're sitting in church, but inwardly because your heart is his. Jesus didn't come to take Caesar's throne to overthrow his rule, to accomplish his mission for peace. That is all an illusion. It's all a lie. When the emperor stands before the galactic senate and he announces to all of them that we shall have peace, it's a lie. Jesus will not abide by this. He will not be attached to Caesar's strings or ours. Instead, he'll do it the way that his father has told him to do it. Wrapped in swaddling cloths, laid in a manger, no room in the guest room, no throne, no royal robe, no royal pomp. He's a servant. His birth had to demonstrate that the nature of God's kingdom is lowliness, humility, service, and sacrifice. And that is the Savior that we worship. That is our peace. That is the Lord we bow to and we pledge our allegiance to when we say the Apostles' Creed. He fights the battles. He defends God's territory. He's fighting for you. He brings God's peace at Christmas time. And he reminds you that it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. 
It doesn't matter what your life looks like as far as what you planned this Christmas to be. It doesn't matter the losses or the messes. As long as you return to him with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your body, and put that first and honor that at Christmas, you will find this peace. It will be yours. And the world and the devil and Caesar, they just can't take that away. Amen.